Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to Second City Sports for the first edition of 2023. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Mr. Kim McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny's going to begin the IG. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You know, want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, you can catch our other live shows throughout the week. So be happy to miss them. You can go back and listen to them and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you please follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. If you want to catch our audio version of this program, Second City Sports, you could do so by subscribing to our podcast at War on Anchor. We all are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor on all podcast platforms. And please follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on all social media platforms. That's once again at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the pod, Jackly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza we call the Sports Talk Radio Show, please hit us up in the comments section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But we decide to troll and or do something stupid. I've given Lakita full power to give you sillies to beer lay be a boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports Hill Chicago now available on Roku TV. That's right. Sports Hill Chicago is now available on Roku TV. So get with the program, celebrate with the squad. Sports Hill Chicago is on Roku. If you already have a Roku TV, just hit the sports folder. And download Sports on Chicago through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. I know you have a bunch of handheld devices laying around. Your iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your personal computer, or your Chromebook like I'm using right now. Download that Roku TV app and access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, start off the new year, you know, checking us out all over the place on Roku mm-hmm. TV, whatever device you got. Now we got a basic big show ahead. So we got our, our buddy, the hockey lady herself, Rachel Ray Ray Kovchek. You know, we'll be we'll talking some hockey for the rest of the afternoon starting at 115. Then we'll, mm-hmm. you know, and then after that, you know, we'll have her for the rest of the show starting at 115. And you know, but then we're gonna start off with the uh Demar Hamlin uh situation. Of course, the the corner for the Buffalo Bills, of course, you guys saw. So I wish we I wish he kinda well, maybe it's better we don't have a, a clip of that, but you know, if you guys mm-hmm. saw what happened, he collapsed after a you know a hit, you know, against you know T. Higgins in that Monday night game against you know the, the Bengals. It happened in front of millions of people, and you know, he collapsed and you know, he suffered cardiac arrest and he was critical for for a while. But we got some word this morning that they, you know, he is showing improved signs of improvement, which mm-hmm. is a good sign. Looks like he may be able to breathe on his own later today, so that's good. We'll get get the oxygen tube uh, from him, so that's a all good signs. You know, it's gonna probably gonna take a while before you know he fully recovers. We'll see the extensive damages and stuff. Now, for for me, said so now, and I'll say this: I mean, look, I know people want to get to those whole, you know, you know, 
you know, a tangent about, oh, we you know it's football safe, safe and blah, blah, blah. But I think, look, for me, I, I get it. I mean, if you, you saw the horror from both teams, not just from the Bills, but from the Bengals too. You saw Stephon Diggs crying. You saw Josh Allen's, you know, kind of like, you know, flush. Like, you even saw Joe Burrow with his son reaction. And T. Higgins, I'm, I'm glad that uh, DeMar's family told him, you know, told uh, folks, you know, to leave T alone. Like, that was just, you know, that was a, a play that happens every every day of football, a tackle. Look, no one knows. It's one of those freakish things that happens on the field. You know, it, it happens. So I'm glad that, you know, his dad, you know, came out. I'm talking about Hamlet's dad came out and said, mm-hmm. look, Leave him alone. Lee T is alone. He's probably going through enough. You saw his reaction afterwards, but it looks like he's starting to, you know, show signs of improvement. I'm talking about Hamlin. Mm-hmm. Now, now for me, I mean, look, look, this whole thing with the uh, everybody wants to have these discussions. I've heard some people talk about, you know, what's the future and this and that. But look, I get why they postponed the game uh, again because, look, no one was no one was in that mindset to play. Neither the Bills nor the Bengals. You saw how everyone was reacting. You saw the horror on everybody's faces. We'll get to how it was covered in just a second. But for me, I think they did the right decision. It was the right call. It was the only call. We'll talk to Rachel about this later because I'm sure it's, it's happened in every sport. We've seen it happen, mm-hmm. of course, you know, with Hank Gathers. I know some people want to have used that, use that example. But if you want to go a little bit more modern day, Christian Erickson from uh, the 2020 Euros, he, it was sort of a similar thing. He had a collision, seemed like you know, a simple tackle, and then he collapsed and didn't move and thank God for the, you know, the medical personnel and from all, on both sides, the AEDs and the defibrillators and everything else, you know, the CPR for like almost 10 minutes, you know, with Hamlin, I think it was about five or six minutes with uh, Erickson, you know, a couple of summers back. So I think for me, the, these things, you know, happen. No, there's no playbook for this, not to handle it. So I, I, I commend ESPN for handling the best they could. Yeah, I'm with you as far as T. Higginson's concerned. You saw his message on Twitter uh, on Monday night. Uh, I pray for my brother, uh, um, Mr. Hamlin. And so uh, that was a class thing that he did. Lakina, T. Higgins got tackled. He didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't like it was a fight or anything like that. T. Higgins got tackled uh, on, by, uh, on, on a routine play. So anybody that's blaming T. Higgins for this is just stupid and out of their minds. But the first thing that I saw that I thought, thought, thought of when I saw that play, as you mentioned, Hank Gathers. And I was nine years old when I saw it on television. Remember, he he passed away. That was the mm-hmm. last game of the West Coast Conference, and that was a week before March Madness. And remember, it happened to him earlier that season, if you mm-hmm. uh, know the story. So yep. the second time it happened, unfortunately, he passed away. The second person I thought about was Reggie Lewis. Remember, uh, we didn't know at the mm-hmm. time his last game in the NBA was game one of the playoffs against the Charlotte Hornets. That was a year after Larry Bird retired, of course. Reggie Lewis, unfortunately, passed away uh, um, that summer. Uh, he was playing pickup basketball, and it happened again. Uh, uh, those are the first two names that came to my mind when I saw the play. Uh, I, I was watching the Bulls. Uh, we'll get to them later, but I, I had the game on on my uh, the football game on my on my big screen, and I, and I started getting these notifications. So I went back, and it said the game's being delayed. I was like, some, I'm, I'm sure somebody got injured. And then I saw the play. I, was, I only saw it twice, live action, and then once on a replay. Of course, like you say, ESPN, I thought, did a great job just showing a lim- uh, uh, limited amount of times because it was scary because Hamlin got up, and then he took a couple mm-hmm. of steps, and then he fainted. It wasn't like he got pushed or anything like that. He just fainted on his own. I was like, ooh, this is scary. And like you said, the the way the Buffalo Bills players reacted, even if he – uh, uh, Mr. Hamlin uh, gave them the thumbs up. Like you said, Lakeem, the way they were emotion. I know Stefan Diggs w- was trying to fire the guys up at the time, but, and I don't blame him for it because I'm sure they were told that, that they were supposed to go back out and play. Let's be honest here. The, the players uh, from both teams decided that they're not going to play uh, before the NFL officially decided to postpone that game. 
But like you mentioned, the way that the Buffalo Bills players were emotional, some of the Cincinnati players were too. How could you go back out there and play? It'll be irresponsible for the league to continue playing the way, given the emotions of players on both teams. Yeah, and I think you know, the, just there was the response of you could tell that no one was ready to, to go back and play, mm-hmm. especially after everything that you know that transpired, everything that they saw. It was sort of like one of those freakish things where, like you said, I mean, you know, he walked off, you know, took a couple of steps, and he just fainted. I mean, and we we've seen like doctors, we will we probably won't know for like another week or two what really transpired in his case, but mm-hmm. you know, sort of a similar situation with the cardiac arrest and you know, whatever else that transpired after that. For me, I think that this whole thing is kind of feels sort of like eerie that, look, unfortunately, these things happen. There's no playbook on how to handle these type of situations. I know people want to go into the whole, well, you know, football is this, you know, football is that. But look, I've said this before. I mean, look, we've seen it happen in, in, in basketball. I've seen it happen in the hockey and in, in, in hockey, mm-hmm. too. We've seen it happen in soccer. Like, you know, unfortunately, these things, unfortunately, that this sort of happens. And thank, thank goodness that, you know, now that you've got these AEDs, you know, that the AED, you know, that the, the CPR, the CPR and AED essentially saved his life. So, yes. and Zach, you know, Zach Taylor, you know, the Bengals uh, head coach just mentioned it, you know, in the presser earlier that if it wasn't, if who knows what would have happened. I mean, it, it, it could have saved, you know, Reggie Lewis and Hank Gathers years ago, had that stuff been around back then. It saved mm-hmm. Christian Erickson's life. It saved, you know, a few other uh, folks' lives. So I think, you know, we got to get the medical personnel, uh, you know, UC Medical Center is one of the, you know, the top, you know, medical centers in the country. He's in great hands like my Hamlin is. So hopefully, you know, by Friday we'll have even better news and that maybe, you know, he's awake and, you know, we'll see like the damages and such. Now going into, you know, the whole, you know, like think about, oh, well, you know, it's about football. You know, Cause I heard people discuss it on the, on the you know, other avenues and that, you know, these people have no clue what's going on. Look, these, 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 these things happen to every sport. Like you can't, you know, I hate that football kind of gets, you know, sort of like, you know, get not 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 the, not the punishment necessarily, but get like you know, sort of like mm-hmm. the, the the brunt of it because it's the most popular sport. But we've seen it in soccer, we've seen it in hockey, we've seen it in lacrosse. People have died in those sports, even the high school level. So for people who want to say, well, let's have that discussion. Well, okay, let's discuss in other sports too, because the concussions, you know, and this type of thing it wasn't even a concussion; it was just you know a hit that a simple hit, you know, you thought initially, and then just you know just turned tragic. So like, mm-hmm. let's have the discussion as a whole, sports as a whole, not just with football. Go ahead. Yeah, it's the ugly side. It's it's the ugly side of football. Like you know, we've seen players get um, uh, devastating injuries. You know, blown knees, torn ACLs, and things along that line. Like you said, what happened to Demar uh, uh, Hamlin? Uh, we never seen anything like that before. I know one player a long time ago. I think it was about 50, 60 years ago, died on the field, but he had a previous. Uh, health condition, condition and it had nothing to do with the game of football so like you said Lakini, these things happen every once in a blue moon uh is it a part of sports unfortunately yes we know injuries are a part of sports but something what happened on monday night is it's very rare and we like to send our our best wishes to uh damar hamlin and his and his family in the buffalo bills organization as mr hamlin continues to recover like you said like hope we get some great news when we uh, come back on the air on Friday, but it, it was a scary situation. Like you said, these things happen. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen that often, but we have to be mindful that, you know, real life uh, took place on Monday. Yes. We like to be entertained. We, we like to uh, celebrate life and celebrate sports. But when stuff like this happens, we have to put things into perspective. Unfortunately with many people, not all, but with many people when, uh, when scary incidents like this happens, um, you had to come back down to reality because sometimes 
we not not saying you and me personally, but us as a society can't get lost sometimes. And in fantasy is not reality. So when stuff like this happens, uh, people have to check themselves. Well, also like the mental aspect of it too. You saw we're seeing it with uh, you know, friend Fran McCaffrey's son, uh, Patrick. He you know he's you know walked away from the team. You know, I'm talking about the uh, guard from Iowa. He plays for his dad. You know, mm-hmm. he's suffering from anxiety and he has to walk, had to walk away from the team. He's off, you know, he's walking away from the team because, you know, he just couldn't, you know, mentally. And that and this is in basketball. So I think, you know, people need to remember. I forgot the uh, the Bills O Lima's name that did an interview with ESPN yesterday. I forgot his name. I'm going to try to see if I can get that. But he said, look, I mean, these guys are still, these guys are humans. You know, these, these athletes are human beings. I know it's hard for folks to, to think that they're not, but they are. They have, you know, they mm-hmm. have families, they have, you know, parents, they have kids in some cases. You know, these guys, you know, and gals, I'll put, I'll put the women there too. I mean, they're, they're basically fighting for their other spot uh, too. So, you know, Deion Dawkins, that's, that's his name. Deion Dawkins, like the old lineman, uh, saying that you basically say, hey, look, they're just, they're, they're vulnerable human beings just like, just like the rest of us. So I think, you know, every, every, everything is, you know, putting it in perspective. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, a special uh, Wednesday edition of Second City Sports as we discuss the DeMar Hamlin's um, uh, uh, scary situation. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. Lakina, just to put a, a, a capper on this situation, as we, as you uh, equivocally said, we're hoping to get some better news when we come back on these airways on Friday. We, we mentioned from the early reports, uh, he's starting to show, show signs that he's going to get better. And uh, hopefully that uh, positive trend continues. But I had this thought the other night. I wanted to put it on here. It looks it looks like he's going he's going to be okay. Uh, the uh, the the recovery the long road to recovery is still ahead of, of this young man. But uh, the the charity that he started on on for the GoFundMe account, but for the toy drive uh, back in his hometown in Pennsylvania, it was at I believe two thousand dollars. To two thousand five hundred dollars, I believe it's over four million. Uh, four million dollars. The last I checked yesterday, I don't know how much it is now, but it, it shows uh, through tough times that uh, people can take the veils off and come together to try to make a difference. And for me personally, uh, Lakina, uh, and that, that's a great sign. We talk about the negative things in society all the time, but the positive things that uh, happen, uh, fortunately, it has to take tragedy sometimes, but. The good things that come out of it, uh, stories like these need to be highlighted more. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's good to see that people are rallying behind, and I'm sure once he does, you know, you'll start, you know, start showing worse lives are improved. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know his family will tell him that, hey, you know what? I think your your charity has seen have seen a nice little bump, so I'm sure he'll be he'll be glad to hear that. So I, th- I think this is going to be like one of those things where if anything positive comes out of this, other than him being okay, I'm talking about mm-hmm. Hamlin, but you know, this charity, I think people will see what his charity is, and you know, the toy drives and stuff. I know. That you know, four and a half. I think like it's a little four point seven now. I think as of what, how we're when we're recording recording this, but it, this is probably one of the, you know, the probably one of the positive things that could come out of all of this. And look, they're not gonna they're not gonna cancel games. They're not gonna postpone games. I just hate the fact that you know Buffalo is gonna basically lose out on home field because of something that that wasn't out of their control. That mm-hmm. wasn't in their control. So I think I think I'm sure you know the, the I'm sure the NFL is thinking about it. I know they have set schedules and stuff, but. Maybe push everything back a week. I know people want to say, "Hey, just have them do one week for before the Super Bowl." No, because you know guys are used to the two weeks, you know, in between, so they can heal up, especially mm-hmm. if you're banged up. So I don't see them doing that. So like, just look, just have it on President's Day, so that everyone else can have the day off. Do have them do have a three day weekend? You might as well. So you know, maybe you know, oddly enough, this will probably come out of that. 
Yeah, we'll see what happens with the NFL. The schedule for week 18, which is the regular season finale, uh, all the games that are scheduled will be going on uh, as scheduled. If anything changes or we get any any, uh, any other updates regarding Mr. DeMar Hamlin's uh, condition, we'll pass that along to you before we uh, check up, up out of here at 2 o'clock. Lakina, go ahead. I just want like, to give a shout out to everybody at ESPN for, you know, you know, because, like I said, there's no playbook for this. I mean, I want to give mm-hmm. shout-outs to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, who I, I've never seen Troy you know, so emotional before. I mean, if you've heard him call games over the years that he's not really the most emotional guy, but, you know, mm-hmm. you could tell he was very shaken by it, so was you know, Buck. Lisa Solis did a, did a great job, you know, at the sidelines, keeping everybody updated as much as they could. You know, the, the Monday Night Countdown, you know, folks, SVP and Ryan Clark did a great job. Yeah, Booker well. McFarlane really uh, yeah. uh, nailed it down in, in the, uh, him and Adam Shefty. Uh, in the studio there with Susie Culper. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think it's one of those things where, like, like I said, there's no playbook for this type of thing. And Coley Harvey, who, you know, of course, yes. Big Ten Network he's been here, doing a bang up job. He's yes. doing a great job. You know, being right there at the center of it. He's been right there at the UC medical center since all this started. He's been providing updates. He's done you know, a great job. So like I said, there's no playbook for this, but for the situation, mm-hmm. you know, you got to give them credit for, you know, doing, you know, look, I mean, they handled it the best they could. So. We'll give you the NFL Week 18 uh, playoff scenarios when we return, uh, plus a couple of reviews from uh, last week's games. And we'll get into the college football playoff. We had two classic games, including one near upset and one classic upset, which sets up, which sets up the national title game for next Monday night. All that and much more straight ahead. You're listening to a special Wednesday edition of Second City Sports, the first show of 2023. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Old Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say... No thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to the special Wednesday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Old Chicago. This is our first show for the new year, the Jordan year, 2023, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. We have less than 90 minutes left for this extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have a comment or question for us, you can always hit us up at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, we still have a few playoff spots left on the Lions. We headed into week 18. Uh, we'll just pass on a couple of scores uh, from, from last week. We, we won't review all of them because all of them were not important. But one team that's still hanging on to their playoff lives, which actually they control their own destiny, and that's the Green Bay Packers after blowing out the, their division rival Minnesota Vikings in Lambeau last week, 41-17. The Packers control their own destiny at 8-8. Eight and eight. If they beat the Detroit Lions uh, coming up this Sunday on Sunday Night Football, they get into the playoffs. Well, and of course, you know, they that they would pick that as a Sunday nighter, I, I guess. But uh yeah, <laughs> yeah which, which is weird because you know, Detroit, Detroit could be eliminated by the time uh if, if Seattle if Seattle uh beats Arizona, they could still you know they'll uh, be uh, out the Rams. The Rams, or oh, the Rams I should say I got Arizona based so yeah, but if, if they beat the if they beat the Rams, how about Seattle? They'll be eliminated. So I I don't get you know the mindset of why you know put why put that game in front whatever, but you know, I don't know what you know, sometimes I don't understand that their mindset of the NFL is but you know, well, look, of course, you know, it'll be come down to this. And they've been playing better. The defense has been playing better. Look, I, I don't know if that, that will that, I don't know. I mean, look, could they win it? Sure. But, you know, we saw a little bit of you know, what the Lions did to the Bears, you know, this past Sunday. So we'll have to wait and see if we can see a little bit of remnants of that. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. But, uh, yeah, I would have picked a, a different game for uh, the Sunday night. Mm -hmm. But uh, that, I digress. But, uh I mean, look, of course, you know, it'll, it'll come down to, you know, either Aaron Rodgers getting that last playoff spot and then the Packers, they've been playing better, defense is playing better, Jair Alexander, uh, catch up for Justin Jefferson at what, you know, two two targets. So, mm -hmm. he, you know, he's been doing, he was doing a lot of talking the last couple of weeks. So, we, we've seen, you know, that kind of thing at what happening. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, like we'll get more into it, you know, on Friday. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, if you're if you're the Packers, you should be feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, but the game will be in Lambeau Field, as we mentioned, under the lights coming up on Sunday. Speaking of Sunday night football, last Sunday, the Pittsburgh Steelers get a lot, uh, uh, last second touchdown from rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett to running back Najee Harris as they come from behind to defeat the Baltimore Ravens 16 to 13. The Steelers are eight and eight, the Ravens are 10 and six. Lakina, it looks like Pittsburgh still need they need to win next week, uh, this coming weekend, and get some help. But uh, Mike Tomlin, as we said, <laughs> um, we all thought this was going to be a rebuilding year. He has his teammate 500 right now. 
Well, and also, too, on the Ravens' side, I mean, you know, they miss Lamar Jackson, and we don't even know mm-hmm. if he's going to play uh, on, on Sunday. So uh, we'll we'll keep a brisk there. Now, they they play Cleveland. They host Cleveland. So I'm sure Cleveland would love to play spoiler for the Steelers. So oh, well, yeah. they'll, be, they'll, they'll be one of the noon games. So we'll see what happens with that matchup. But, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, they're, 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 look, they're getting high at the right time. I'm talking about the Steelers. You know, maybe they're probably, you know, feeling it from, uh, you know, from, you know, Rickle Harris's uh, untimely uh, death here. But, uh Maybe that's why I guess. I mean, you know, they were one and seven, you know, this season when trailing by double digits. You know, but they overcame a thirteen three deficit. You know, being down by ten on Sunday. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's a testament to Mike Tomlin and his coaching. Yeah, uh, most uh, most indeed. Uh, speaking in the uh, sticking in the AFC, rather the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game that quote unquote was meaningless. They dominated Houston, Texas, thirty to one and three after the Tennessee Titans uh, dropped a home game to the Dallas. Cowboys last Thursday night of uh, the AFC South will come down to the Jaguars and the Titans on Saturday night. That game could be seen on ABC at 7 15 PM central standard time. You'll get our picks on Friday, but Lakina, as I said, before the season started, this will be an improved Jacksonville Jaguars team. Uh, you got a veteran head coach, Doug Peterson. This, this young squad started out slow, but they catch a fire at the right time. Uh, Travis Etienne had nine carries for 108 yards in a, Early, a uh, long touchdown run for over seventy yards uh, for the uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars as they blow out the Houston Texans uh, in Houston. You can also uh, watch that you know, Titans Jags game on ESPN as well. It'll be simulcast. Mm-hmm. Now, now as far as you know, this this game is concerned. I mean, I think I, I know people thought that you know Rabel was nuts, you know, sending a lot of his guys, but I, I guess mm-hmm. look, it was meaningless. So you know, I guess if they figured, okay, you know, let's just sit out. You know, it doesn't really mean anything. You know. But you wonder what the mindset's going to be on Saturday because, mm-hmm. you know, look, I mean, the you know, Jacksonville, they're kind of in a bit on a tear. So I don't know. I mean, this could be either way, but I'm going to, you know, it, it's it's, just, it's one of those things where Jacksonville has it at home. So you got to wonder, you know, will Derek Henry, I know he's a little bit banged up. So will, will he yeah. be sort of like, yeah, will he even be a factor? So I think for me, I think if you're uh, the, the Jags, like this year, you have it at home. So this is sort of your chance to pounce. Yeah, wrapping up the AFC portion of the conversation, the New York Jets uh, lose to the Seattle uh, Seahawks. Of course, of course, the New York Jets are out of the playoffs. The New England Patriots, who uh, they'll play in Buffalo this this coming Sunday, they get a two point win over the Miami Dolphins, twenty three twenty one. Tua Tungavalova uh, uh, was injured. Teddy Bridgewater was uh, injured uh, during the game. Uh, the New England Patriots. It looks like the scenario is like this: that they beat the Buffalo Bills on Sunday on the road, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, they yeah, and then uh, we'll see what Buffalo's mindset is, you know, by Sunday. Mm-hmm. But uh, with everything going on right now, but yeah, I mean, look, you know, that with, with who knew that you know with what happened with the Raiders and the other thing you know, happened with the Dolphins. I mean, now they actually have a shot of you know when they'll you know, get into the playoffs or when they're in the scenario with uh, New England. So you mm-hmm. know, I think if you're uh, you're Bill Belichick, I think you're you're, you're you'll, you'll take it, I guess. But uh, you know, we address to see what happens in this game. But you know, I, I think look, this this whole thing with with uh. With Miami and with New England now, the Jets. I mean, the Jets are like I said, the Jets aren't ready for prime time yet. So, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, injuries. You know, the, the certainty a quarterback. I think that will, that's what killed them in the end. Miami, you know, Tua, you know, being in and out of lineup with his various injuries. I know uh, Terry Bridger. I think you know, hurt his pinky finger. I think his throwing hand. Yes. I believe mm-hmm. so. You know that that was a big you know thing as well. But yeah, I mean, you, you really feel for the Dolphins because you got to think that. They're kind of you know prime when we saw what happened with them earlier this season. You thought that okay, maybe they could win a division, but you know, Tua being hurt and 
everything else that happened after that, just inconsistent play with their defense. Like, that's what killed them. Yeah, let's flip over to the NFC playoff picture right now. The New York Giants, uh, congratulations to them. Uh, they are 9-6-1 on the season. They clinched their first playoff berth since 2016. They beat the Colts 38-10. While the Eagles lose their second straight game without Jalen Hurts, the New Orleans Saints upset them in Philadelphia 2010. And, of course, uh, Tom Brady and company, as I said on Friday, please give me 20 points. The Buccaneers gave us 30 as they uh, beat the Panthers to win the NFC South Division title 30-24. to yeah, they'll be the fourth seed. The Bucks was the first time in the Bucks franchise history that they have won back-to-back division titles. Like it wasn't pretty, but you'll know, you'll take it if you're the if you're uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks. So mm-hmm. you know, that, that's interesting there. I mean, the Giants, you know, they they clinched their first playoff berth for the first time in a few years. No one really thought that they you know would do anything earlier this year. So you know, mm-hmm. yeah, they yeah, I think Brian Dable is definitely the leader for a coach of the year, or he's definitely up there. Uh, the Eagles, you know, they're the first team that, you know, despite having, uh, you know, they had, you know, a couple of guys with sacks. Unfortunately, you're showing on the offensive side why Jalen Hurts is pretty important. So, and they still mm-hmm. got a lot to play for, too, for that one seat. It's between them, the Impressed Cowboys. Impressed for the division, too. Yeah. So, uh, let's it, get a little bit uh, antsy, a uh, dice there. Uh, yeah, I think he did, pra- I think, I was talking about Hurts, he did practice at least limited on, on Tuesday, yesterday. So, we'll see if he'll be able to play. But, yeah, they really need him desperately. They want to get that one seed. So, because the 49ers and the, the Cowboys are right there nipping at their heels. Yeah, the the Cowboys have been playing up and down these last few weeks. So, of course, you talk about their loss to Jacksonville in overtime, but they bounced back on the road last Thursday night to beat a depleted Tennessee Titans team uh, on the road. So, hopefully Dak Prescott can um, keep the ball in his hands. I know – that offensive coordinator Kellen Moore and those guys like to be aggressive offensively, but just run the ball with Troy Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, and then when they when the defense sells out on the run, just him hit him over the middle on the outside with some play action passes. I think they'll be okay. I know the Dallas defense has been shredded too these last couple of weeks. They got their act together a little bit in Tennessee last week, especially in that second half. But the Dallas is uh, is playing okay right now. Philadelphia, their defense has been much worse. You saw it the last two weeks or so. Let's see who can uh, piece piece things together as we get toward the playoffs. Yeah, so that's going to be very interesting there, too. Now, I want to talk about the 49ers for a second. Of course, they needed overtime, but, you know, they were able to come back and win uh, against the Raiders 37-34. Brock Purdy, you know, had an interception, but able to bounce back from that. Threw for two touchdowns. Of course, Christian McCaffrey had a, touch, had a rushing touchdown, 121 rushing yards. Also uh, had, had, had 72 receiving yards, I should say. Fred Warner had, you know, had four tackles for uh, for them. And look, the 49ers, look, you know, look, Purdy, you know, he's keeping everything kind of on the on the, uh, on the right track here. You know, they didn't have to, you know, the only thing he had to do was just you know, keep the train on the tracks. That's what he's been able to do. So mm-hmm. is his fifth straight game with multiple TD passes tied for the second longest by every quarterback since the 1970 merger. The only streak, you know, that it was even longer was with Justin Herbert's a couple of years back in 2020s, where he did for seven straight games. So yeah, I think and the Fortnite's have a, have an outside shot to one seed too. So you know, a lot to play for for them. But uh, yeah, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you know, you're getting your your guys are getting better at the right time. I, I think you could probably sneak in there and get the one seed. I mean, it's going to be very interesting because these these late games are going to be big. Maybe not maybe not necessarily for. You know, you know, they play Arizona, so I think that should they should have no problem with Arizona. But uh, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot, you know, can happen for them, especially when it comes to like the one to the two seeds. 
And you would hope that head coach Kyle Shanahan has learned his lessons from last year because remember, um, they beat Dallas soundly uh, mm-hmm. in Texas last year during mm-hmm. the wild card round, but mm-hmm. they got away with one against the Green Bay Packers, scoring one uh, touchdown. That was on special teams off a block punt. Yep. And then, of course, they came up short against the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions. Of course, we're going to have a new Super Bowl champ this year. But you would hope that he'll lean a little bit more on his office. The defense uh, got attacked a, a lot by Devontae Adams in, in the Raiders last week in the offense. And we mentioned with Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy second picking them up. So hopefully the 49ers have learned a lesson from a year ago. They could, uh, they'll have to play an all-around game and not lean so much heavily on that defense, which is very good, by the way. But you can't expect them to bail you out all the time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that, especially if Jimmy G can can play. This will be around around the time where Jimmy G would be eligible to come back. So I still say you go with the guy. I've said it before. You got to go with the guy with the experience, and you know Jimmy G's got. The I still experience. say he's the stick with Purdy. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get We'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it when it comes to that. And I'm yeah. sure you know, Kyle Shanahan will feel the same way. Like he'll cross that bridge when they get they get to it now. Yo, Stutton does real quick because I want to get to some of these college football uh, mm-hmm. matchups here for uh, week uh, 17. Now, I'll start. Uh, hmm. <laughs> uh, shoot. Uh, I, I guess mm, I guess the Giants for their great performance. I mean, I know it's the Colts, but they had a nice showing with, you know, for them and uh, you know, cushioned uh, uh, a wild card spot when no one thought that they would do anything mm-hmm. earlier this year. Um, you know, Jacksonville for their great performance the last few weeks. And I guess, you know, you know, the Packers, you know, I know it pains me, but uh also the Packers, <laughs> I mean, the Packers, you know, they look they they look they you know Aaron Rodgers basically said, hey, you know, they went out, so, you know, they're in and they've been able to do just that and they only need just to win one more. So we'll see what happens. My three studs quickly, Jamal Williams, the running back for the Detroit Lions, 22 carries to 144 yards and the scores. The Lions destroyed the Bears in Motown. My second stud would be Patrick Mahomes, three touchdowns, 328 yards passing as the Chiefs defeated the Denver Broncos by three. The Broncos did play well, but they just didn't have enough at the end. And my third stud will be uh, New England's quarterback, Mac Jones, MAC Jones, 20 mm-hmm. of 33 for 23 yards and two touchdown passes. The Patriots keep their playoff hopes alive, and they are in the driver's seat uh, for this for this upcoming weekend. If they win, they'll be in the playoffs for the second straight year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting, too. Got a tough one, but yeah, they should be able to pull it out. My does, I mean, the Baltimore defense, really? You couldn't keep a 13 3 lead? <laughs> You can't look like, for once. I can't blame the offense. The offense actually did their job as with their defense. You're giving up too many big plays. So come yeah. on now, you guys have got a couple of guys, a couple of Pro Bowlers on there. Come on, y'all should know better. I can't even blame uh, the the Ravens' offense as much as I want to. They should have, you know, been able to keep the ball going. But it got it got down to a wire. But with the Steelers and the Ravens, that they usually is between these two AFC North rivals. So it's fine. Uh, I'll say the Commanders. Like I don't, you know, apparently. <laughs> Like they don't really want to, yeah, I mean, poor Ron Rivera. I feel so bad for him at this yep. point. Now they got you know Sam Howell, the rookie from North Carolina. Now he's gonna probably gonna he's gonna get the start you know for their last game of the season. Jesus, I I, I don't know. Like you know injuries. I guess lack of talent. They kind of got him, and I'll say Philadelphia too. I mean, look, I mean you had the best you know record for the most part. Now you've lost two in a row. Now you might lose the one. See, you got you know. You know Dallas, you know your fellow NFC East, you know division uh, rival, and also to the 49ers, You know reading that your next, so you better hope that Jalen Hurts can play on Sunday. 
All right, my three does quickly. The Chicago Bears will get to some news that they made earlier today in just a moment. But my first dud is the Chicago Bears. My second does, you mentioned the Washington Commanders, Carson Wentz in particular. I know Christine, the Queen Manica, would be happy about that. Mm. <laughs> and my third dud would be the Minnesota Vikings. What happened? They've been playing with, you know, they've been kind of playing on the edge all season mm -hmm. long. So they didn't really, you know, they couldn't really do the comp. Uh, the Packers are the Colts, I guess, but uh, we'll, we'll get to all that in a second now. Mm -hmm. Going into the, the matchup with, uh, you know, Justin Fields, you know, of course, you know, he suffered a hip injury, I'm, I'm assuming, in that loss to mm -hmm. Detroit on Sunday. And Matt Eberflus, you know, head, the head coach, uh, announced uh, a little while ago that he will not play. So I guess this will, you know, kind of, you know, give a little justice to the people that said, hey, let, let's sit about the rest of the year. Well, he has a hip strain, so he won't be playing uh, on <laughs> Sunday. So, you know, folks. And Minnesota has a lot to play for, too, now. So they've got to mm -hmm. get that two seed. So, yeah, yeah, as we said last week, Lakina, Minnesota needed to beat Green Bay over for them to have a quote-unquote free vacation, a bye week the coming mm -hmm. into Chicago. But uh, they did it to themselves, so they must play in this uh, wintry cold weather this upcoming mm -hmm. Sunday. So you guys just missed it. Nathan Peterman will get the start for the Chicago Bears uh, for the regular season finale against the Minnesota Vikings coming up this Sunday. You're listening to Second City Sports or Sports on Chicago, the special Wednesday edition. I'm Sid Desilkina. Happy 2023 to you guys, the year of the Jordan. And this is our first show for the brand new year. Lakina, let's wrap up our number one by talking about the Chicago, oh, Chicago good grief. No, the uh, the um, college football playoff, rather. And uh, we had one upset. We had one near upset. Let's talk about Michigan TCU first, Lakina. Uh, TCU holds off Michigan 51 to 45. JJ McCarthy for Michigan 20 to 34, 343 yards to two touchdowns and a couple of turnovers early, especially that pick six. And Quentin Johnson was the man of the hour for TCU. Six catches for 163 yards in a touchdown. TCU scored 14 points in the opening quarter, set seven in the second, 20 in the third, 10 in the fourth to hold off the Wolverines. It's just, what did we talk about on Friday, Lakina? I said that J.J. McCarthy would be a key, and, and I said that TCU must uh, uh, pressure him, sack him, and press force a couple of early, early turnovers. That pick six was a start, and that hit Michigan in the mouth. They tried to play catch-up throughout the whole night. TCU kept the pressure over. Max Dugan uh, did his thing. Uh, the running game was on for, uh, for the Horn on a Horn Frogs. Uh, Michigan's defense was just shot. They never seen anything like that before. Congratulations to TCU. Here's my thing with that whole game. You know, they went four and fourth down the opening uh, possession. Don't know what the heck was you know was the, the game the, was mm -hmm. the, the play there. You know, they turn over on downs. They actually fumbled deep in their own territory. So that's. You know, that that didn't help them either. And then when they got to near the, the goal line, they actually, you know, messed up the, you know, messed up the, the handoff. And so, yeah, the picks mm -hmm. from McCarthy didn't help either. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll give TCU all the credit in the world, but Michigan beat themselves too. So, yeah. so let, yes, 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 yes. You Yes, of course, you'll give Sonny Dice. You know, he had his guys ready, and Max Dugan had a great game. And Tim's a serious step up, you know, the, you know, the running back who I really like, you know, from TCU. You know, he, you know, kept the chains moving for them. But – you know, for me, I, I just felt like Michigan kind of beat themselves. Is their sixth straight loss? They're zero and six in the bowl games, and now the 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 rumors about you know Jim Harbaugh perhaps going back to the NFL are starting again. Mm -hmm. So if you're a Michigan fan, you're kind of just like really, you know, all this is happening. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, a nice show in there the Fiesta Bowl. Now going to another classic game, whereas it took a missed field goal, but Georgia, look, Georgia do what champions do. They were able to hold off the upset of Ohio State. 
41, 42, just as the stroke of midnight was was going on, you know, on in the East Coast. So mm-hmm. that was a pretty uh, cool uh, little moment there. Uh, so here's I have four touchdown passes for the Buckeyes, including a couple to uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., who unfortunately you know, was not out of the game due to having a concussion. Mm-hmm. So who knows what would have happened had they, um, they had, you know, had he not gotten you know, banged up. Uh, Sesson Bennett, you know, struggled a little bit early. He got mm-hmm. be able to bounce back with three touchdown uh, passes. It was really their defense. Talk about uh, Georgia's defense. Yes, they gave up a lot of yards, but they step up when they needed to. So, and that you know, and I, I feel bad for that Ohio State uh, kicker. I, I, you know, it, it's it's sort of yeah, yeah. Noah Ruggles. I mean, it, it, it's gonna yeah, that's gonna stay for him for a while. Yeah, like it seems before like, it we, like uh, a fifty, about a forty some forty seven uh, field goal, I guess. Maybe, you know, like I said, maybe if, if Harrison Jr. had not gotten beta, maybe they would have gotten a little bit closer. Who knows? But, yeah, that was just tough. Lakina, what did we talk about on our show last Friday? You had to attack that Georgia secondary. I didn't think that secondary was that great. And Ohio State proved, as you mentioned, C.J. Starr had a great game before touchdown passes. I thought he had a great game. Marvin Harrison Jr. was on his way to a great game. He already had two touchdown catches before he got knocked out. But Ohio State actually ran the ball pretty well on that Georgia front line as well. So uh, Ohio State had a, a, a thought. Um, Coach Day had a great game plan. It worked for three quarters, but in the fourth, uh, they tired out. And Georgia uh, uh, did a couple of things better than Ohio State executing down the stretch. I thought that was a great game plan by the Buckeyes. They just couldn't hold on. And like you said, that missed field goal was a, a tall tail sign. Should they have come down to that? No. There was other moments that happened in the game. But Ohio State, I thought I'll, I'll play Georgia for at least the three quarters of that game. Yeah, they did, and yeah, well, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, this is like they did what champions do. They were able to come back and, you know, we all pull it off, you know, held off. So, uh, like, I listen. We'll we'll save all that, you know, with the national championship game for a Monday for a later. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of mm-hmm. feel like uh, uh, I'm gonna say it right now. But yeah, I'm, I'm feeling. I've seen a lot of people. You know, I'm I'm gonna say they let, let's go to the mm-hmm. other New Year's Six games real quick since we still got a little bit of time left. A nice showing by uh, Tennessee, the Capital One Bowl. Uh, Joe Milton uh, the third, you know, who's probably going to end up being the heir apparent to Hennett Hooker, who got hurt, uh, had a really good show. He 251 uh, yards, you know, passing at three touchdowns. Jabari Small had a touch, a rushing touchdown. You know, sort of. This is out Jalen Hyatt too, you know, because he sat out. But you know, look, I think you know Tennessee showed that. Look, a nice you know, uh, despite losing you know guys to injury and guys and now they were look. Josh Heupel got his guys ready for that game and uh, Clemson with three losses. Yeah, that's a little bit weird to say that they got three losses, but uh, that's a uh, you know, hopefully, I'm sure uh, Dad will have his guys back next year. You know, Kate Kubik, you got to think, you know, had two interceptions. You know, that really didn't help him. So, uh, yeah, but a nice run by the Vols. Yeah, it was probably check time for Tennessee because, like you said, they had a great year and they lost to Georgia big time on a, on a, on a big stage on the road. And like I said, it, doesn't, it didn't help them losing uh, Hooker, their starting quarterback uh, either. But it was probably check time and, and they dominated the team that has been in national conversations for championships for years. And so this will help them going into next year. Now, the pressure is going to be on Tennessee next year to see if they can duplicate what they did this year. But this was probably check time and they did the job. Yep, and uh, let's see here. The Sugar Bowl, Brian Bryce, I should say, in his last game, had five TD uh, passes for 321 yards. They were actually down a little bit. I'm talking about Alabama, but, you know, mm-hmm. they got it going. And, uh, look, I mean, they got, like, a couple of their guys. Uh, uh, Jermaine Burton, you know, had a touchdown catch. Uh, of course, after this game, Bryce Young, you know, said that, you know, he's just given, you know, the rest of his eligibility and going to the NFL, which, you know, we mm-hmm. all thought that was going to happen. But, look, I think. 
this showed that, look, some people said, well, maybe Alabama should have been in the playoff. Well, no, actually, Alabama showed that they actually cared and actually didn't mind playing in the Sugar Bowl. So they could have yeah. just said, you know what? Eh, you know what? You know, we're not going to the playoffs. So, like, uh, go ahead. Eh, okay, yeah, that's the same thought that I – yeah, that's the same thought I had. I had Alabama was mad that uh, they they're not in the college football playoff, but um, uh, they took care of business of being a, a better team, uh, of being a team that they they are better than. You saw that in the final score. Absolutely, and uh, in the uh, Music City Bowl, of course, you know Iowa shut out uh, Kentucky twenty-one nothing. Oh, they actually scored more than ten points! Yay! Yay! Uh, <laughs> right? oh, my gosh, but. Uh, yeah, so uh, there, so a nice showing by a uh, nice sale finish here for Kurt Ferentz and his guys. Um, Illinois though lost a tough one to uh, Mississippi State. In I the, knew that what, was coming. Yeah. yeah, what used to be uh, the uh, I think it was, I think it used to be the Outback Bowl. Uh, um, mm-hmm. You know, I want to say, but uh, you know, I mean, but look, there was a lot of things going up against Illinois. Of course, you know, Chase Brown, you know, decided not to play. You know, of course, he's going to the NFL. And some of the other things as well. So yeah, I yeah, mean, the death of the head coach for the Bulldogs, yeah. the death of Mike Leach. So yeah, yeah. Well, you got to think. You saw what happened there. You know, Will Rogers, who had a really great showing. I, you know, you could tell a lot of you know, that they wanted to win that for their coach. Of course, it was ugly. It was you know, it kind of went down to the wire a little bit. Of course, look, Mike Leach didn't want it any other way. So that was a a nice uh, showing by uh, Mississippi State. But we actually ended up being a pretty thrilling game. Yeah, so like I said, give credit to the Bulldogs. I was watching some of that live uh, via my uh, television screen. So Illinois is uh, uh, the, the Illinois. They had a good year. They finished the season at eight and five, but Mississippi State uh, wanted more. So congratulations to the Bulldogs on their victory. Just a couple of the uh, the finals to pass along to you guys. Uh, LSU and and Brian yeah. Kelly. He finished yeah. his first year at yeah. ten and four, dominating <laughs> Purdue in the Citrus Bowl, sixty three to seven. Tulane, I, I knew that was uh, coming. I knew, I, no, I knew that was coming. Just real quick, I knew that was coming. Like I figured, like, oh yeah, like you know, take take the over, take the over, whichever the the point thing was, take the over in that Citrus. Yeah, bowl. I didn't think it would be that bad, but uh, the the Tigers definitely sent a message there. Uh, in the Cotton Bowl, uh, Tulane, the the Green Wave upset the uh, USC. 46 to 45 and Penn State defeated Utah 35-21 in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, just wanna uh yeah, I mean you, you give Tulane all the credit, but again, USC beat themselves. The defense just, you know, like I don't know what happened. I felt bad for Caleb Williams because once again, maybe he needs to go with uh with his coach looking learn looking right to recruit trails to get some you know, better defensive players because like that was just yeah. I mean, yeah, of course you give Tulane all the credit for for catching up, but mm-hmm. that should have been a blow. That should have been a blow, and I'm sorry. And also too with uh, with the Rose Bowl, unfortunately Cameron Rising, you know, got hurt. That knee would have been bothering them throughout most of the uh, the season. I think after that Washington game, if, I, if I'm not, if I'm not, or it might be after the Washington State game, I should say. But yeah, look, Sean Clifford, a great for him to go out. You know, two touchdown uh, passes, including a couple of long ones. Nicholas Singleton had 120 rushing yards and two touchdowns as well, including another, including a long one that kind of broke the game open. So, uh, but look, I mean, it's their first uh, win for Penn State in the Rose Bowl since so, yeah, go all the way back to 1994. You gotta go back to the Kerry Collins, Kajana Carter days. So yeah, it's been a while since they've been telling the our Rose ages. Bowl. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a while since they've been. The, I think they've only been on the Rose Bowl like once, you know, since then uh, before you know mm-hmm. this year. But uh, yeah, but I uh, know a nice win for uh, James Franklin and his guys, and a nice nice win for Sean Clifford to go out. Yep. 
Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Second City Sports continues with Rachel Ray Ray Kacha from the House of Hockey podcast. She'll hop on with us to talk about that hockey, her career, and what's going on this year in the NHL. And we'll get into a little Blackhawks as well. And we'll get in a quick comment about the Chicago Bulls too uh, as um, the Monday Night Football situation was going on. The Bulls, uh, uh, well, they were a part of history on the other side. We'll get into that a whole lot more as you're listening to a special Wednesday edition of Second City Sports. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to our number two of the special edition of Second City Sports, our first show of the new year, the joint year 2023. We're live in Living Color Sports Zone, Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. 
S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's going to begin the IG. We have less than an hour left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up the screen for you. And we must remind you that you can now catch Sports Zone Chicago also available on Roku TV. Our guest, Rachel Kotchak from the House of Hockey podcast is coming up. But in the meantime, in between time, Lakina, let's get in a few minutes of uh, Bulls talk. Lakina, the Chicago Bulls are dis are uh, having a disappointing uh, season to say the least. Uh, they lose back to back games in a home and home series against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Lakina, I'm not going. You know, we don't do hot takes on this show, but I will say this: I do not like the way the Bulls are playing right now, and the way that that game went down on last Monday night. Donovan Mitchell scores 71 points. He's only the fifth player to do that. Uh, to do that. Uh, the first since Kobe Bryant's uh, 81 points. I know Devin Booker scored 70 for the Phoenix Suns uh, uh, about six, seven years ago. But Donovan Mitchell had a career night. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, not one. They had two stars that sat out, Evan Mobley and Winston. And, uh, sorry, not Winston Garland, but uh, Darius, Garland. Darius Garland. And the Bulls were leading by 19 points. Here's the thing, Lakina. Everything went downhill from there. You lost, you in blowing the 19-point lead, Alex Caruso fouls out. Patrick Williams fails to uh, to box out Donovan Mitchell on uh, the last second play. Cleveland was down three. Mitchell hits the first free throw, intentionally misses the second free throw. I know that was a lane violation. We'll get to that, I'm sure. But Patrick Williams uh, uh, decides to look at the ball instead of boxing out uh, the, the free throw guy. And then uh, before then, before you went to overtime, Lakina, for the second night in a row, DeMar DeRosa was double-teamed when he got the ball. Instead of drawing up a play with Zach Levine, who was open, you decided to shoot the ball when your legs were uh, were going underneath you. I don't like the way this Bulls team is playing. I'm not going to sit here and say they're not going to make the playoffs yet. I'm not going to sit here and say blow the blow this thing up. But the way the Bulls are playing right now, uh, uh, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I might have crossword broads. You take it from there. I look. I, I agree with what you said, Sid. You, you raised some great points. But here's the thing: there were another. There were a couple of bad calls that were missed. You know that Jared Allen. Uh, a trial that should have been called with over 12.1 seconds left. I think the Bulls were still up by like two by that point. That should have been called. And also, mm-hmm. too, you know, in addition, yes, be, yes, people should have boxed out Mitchell, but he committed a lane violation. I'm talking about Mitchell. And then they admit that, you know, that, they, that he committed that foul. And shout out to our buddy, uh, Big Dave Watson from CHG. You know, we got to get, get those guys back on uh, soon. But this is like what the fifth time that that this has happened, you know, to the Bulls, that a bad call, you know, we find out after the fact that, oh, well, you know, this should have been, you know, foul should have been called on, uh, you know, on, you know, such and such, you know, with Rose, and this should have, you know, switch call should have been called for a lane violation. This could should, should have been called for a travel. Look, I'm not saying that, you know, raise good points about the fact that, yes, people should have boxed out. No, they should not have, you know, you know let, you know, Donovan Mitchell score 71 points, which is a career mm-hmm. high for him. No, they should not have won a 19-point lead, but that, the, 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 the referee was terrible. The, the official was terrible in that game. So, of course, look, I'm not going to go Tim Donahue on some of these guys, but <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm starting to wonder, especially when it comes to the Bulls. The Bulls should be close to 500 right now, and they should be. Look, I'm not saying look, I'm not saying that you don't raise good points about you know the interior defense and lack of boxing down and the rebounds. All that's true. But so is the fact that some of the officiating has been awful so far, especially on the Bulls side. It, it feels like so. Yeah, all of that stuff could be true. All of it. 
Here's the thing, Lakina. Uh, we said this last year, especially when DeMar missed that shot against the New York Knicks. Remember around this time last year before he hit those game winners, he missed that shot against the Knicks. And I said that to you at the time. This will help out Zach Levine. One of the issues that Zach Levine is reportedly involved in that in that fight after the Minnesota game a few weeks ago, that uh, he uh, that he wasn't getting enough attention. I, I was on a text chain with Ken and D and Josh and uh, our guy Kyle Means, all of them from uh, War Media, and I, I said one, don't be surprised if Donovan Mitchell scores seventy points. I, it turned out I was correct on that, but uh, D uh, Demond Sproul brought up a good point. Like, why don't you call for the uh, Zach Levine to get the last second shot? Because uh, as I mentioned, those last two games against Cleveland, DeMar DeRozan was double teamed and he didn't pass the ball. I know he's your go-to guy, but when DeMar DeRozan's double teamed, you know what's coming. He should pass the ball out to the open guy. Zach has to be open, so be it. Or just give the ball to Zach and let him create. What's yeah, wrong with yeah. that? The last two times yeah. that DeMar has the ball, uh, uh, it, it hasn't worked. We all know that the double team is coming as soon as he gets the ball. Uh, it's been happening um, uh, throughout the season, and it happened at various points last year as well. I'm not saying that I hate DeMar. I don't. Uh, I'm a big I'm a big fan of him, just like everyone else is. But sometimes you have to change up strategies to give uh, the, your, the, the teams uh, a different look. Because yeah, if, if, you, if you do the same thing all the time, you're going to get the same result. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, the next time this happens, hopefully they do have a Paul, a play that's drawn up for uh, for Zach. I mean, you know, we know, mm -hmm. look, you know that Demar's gonna get double teamed. So I would say, you know, look, let, let's you know, give Zach a chance to try to, you know, you know, make a, a last second shot. And, but look, in in that case, I mean, I think the I don't know if, who that was with. I don't know if that was Levert or and uh, Mitchell that kind of you know was over all over Demar. But uh, you know, look, I mean, switch it up a little, a little bit. I mean, because people are gonna know that you're gonna give it to Demar. So. Like, exactly. Like, That's you know, my give, point. Give it, give it to Zach. You know, let him, uh, let him, you know, try it, and we'll see what happens. Now, you know, the Bulls will be facing a Nets team that's you know hot, getting hot. Now they have won like four in a row against the Nets, so you know we'll see what happens with that tonight. But uh, yeah, going into this real quick before our, our girl uh, Rayway comes on, um, going into you know, I guess scoring seems to be the, the theme here because uh, I guess what. Last night, I guess you know, Giannis had fifty had fifty five against the Wizards. Mm -hmm. The one twenty three one uh, thirteen win there. Uh, OKC scored one fifty. <laughs> no, that's not a typo, <laughs> folks. Uh, they scored one hundred and fifty points against the Celtics. Uh, I mean, look, you look, you're gonna have bad games like this in the long season. Yes, you're gonna give mm -hmm. one hundred fifty. Even even like the, the, the top teams, you know, give up a lot of points sometimes. It just happens, and I guess that's what that's what happens here. Um, all. Uh, all five stars for the Thunder were in double figures. Uh, Terrence Mann and uh, there was another guy, Isaiah Joe, had each had 21 off the bench. Uh, for the Thunder, you know, Josh Josh Giddy had 25 points. You're leading the way for them. So yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of uh, there's a lot of scoring there. And look, I know I, I I'm hoping Celtics fans are freaking out about that performance, but look, it happens. It happens. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't translate to a long losing streak for the Celsius. Like you said, that uh, it's a long year. You're not going to get up for it every night. You know, you had to keep things even killed. But uh, the Celtics will be fine, so I'm not too worried. As we said before, Lakina, they're not going to make the playoffs or the playing tournament. But this OKC team is a little bit better than what people think. And they're, and they're missing that number one draft pick who's out for the year. Yeah, so yeah, Go figure. People, yeah, a lot of people are forgetting about that. So, yeah, that's mm -hmm. interesting that – it's that, yo, people, yo, I, I'm glad people are not, you know, freaking out too much about it. I'm so surprised they're not, but you know how some <laughs> people are, but uh, yeah, 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 just, just, just in that, that sense, but uh, yeah, we'll just do some of the games because we know our girls coming. Uh, mm -hmm. Sacramento, uh, edge out Utah last night, 117, 115. Uh, yeah, just a couple of scores from Monday, a couple of the other scores, 
uh, uh, the Knicks, you know, beat the Suns by 19, 102 to 83. They missed Devin Booker. I'm talking about the Suns. You know, they have not been playing well since Devin Booker got hurt. So they really mm-hmm. need him to come. They need him to come back. They need to come back, you know, quick. Hopefully he'll be back soon because they, they really need him. Yeah, they, they do need him right now. So, like, like, like you said, the, the Suns, uh, Chris Paul has been injured in and out in the lineup all year. And DeAndre, and we know the issues are going on with him. And so, uh, the, the the Suns they really need to uh, uh, get their act together, but I think they'll they'll still be fine. Another team I want to talk about w- real quick is the Golden State Warriors. They had another uh, close mm-hmm. victory uh, the other night, <laughs> and they doing it without Steph Curry. If Steph Curry comes back soon within the next couple weeks, uh, uh, beware of those Golden State Warriors because uh, uh, they're going to be dangerous. And Jordan Poole, as we mentioned on our last show, he's picked it up, and also too uh, James Wiseman's picked it up. And, and some of the other guys who haven't gotten minutes there, they picked it up as well. Yeah, it looks like, you know, Curtis finally found his niche with some of that lineup. You know, they had a, a throwing 141, 143-141 uh, win over Atlanta in double overtime. That was a really uh, thrilling game. I saw a little bit of a little bit of that. Uh, Dallas, you know, pulled away from uh, Houston, 111-106. Uh, Luca only had 39 points. You know, how dare you, Luca? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> how dare you? Somebody has enough energy to do that. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure at some point later in the season, I mean, you got to think that I'm sure Jason Kidd will probably sit Luca for a couple of games for rest uh, games and rest days because, look, mm-hmm. you want to be, you know, at least be a little bit like about close to 100% as you get closer, closer. Maybe they'll make a trade and perhaps maybe get somebody to help him because, you know, he's basically been doing not, not, not all by himself, but it feels like he's kind of uh, right there with the, uh, with the, with the fatigue and such. He's, he, look, he said to himself, he's tired. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Philadelphia beats uh, New Orleans 121-11. Joel Embiid had 42, leading the way for them. Zion had 26, but unfortunately he's going to be out for a little bit with a hamstring injury, which is unfortunate. That hurts. No, no pun intended. <laughs> well, yeah, well, literally, I figured it, I, I, you know, you, you, you <laughs> said it, but look, you covered it well. But, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, yeah, because he was having such a great season. And so mm-hmm. he's gonna miss. Look, the Pelicans, you know, they look. They did just. They did, look. They they went pretty. Did pretty well in the playoffs without him last year. So you know that that they, you know that you know that's not helping. But if you want to get to that next level, you're gonna need him to be in the lineup. So hopefully the Pelicans won't veer off too much. So yeah, we'll see what yeah, happens the, there. Yeah, the only the only good news about it is they they played without him for the entire year last mm-hmm. year, and so uh, they are used to that. I know Brandon Ingram uh, uh, has been in and out of the lineup too. Uh, for this entire year, but they can't play without him. But Zion was having a great season. He'll probably miss the All-Star game if he's out for that yeah. long because he was playing an All-Star level at an MVP-type mm-hmm. level. So um, we'll see if New Orleans can try water, stay above 500. They should be okay because, as we said before, that the Western Conference is tough. Very tough. So let's get into uh, our, our friends here. So let's get to the, these uh, NBA games for the rest of this week. For tonight, Wednesday, you got uh, Memphis and Charlotte. You got Phoenix and Cleveland as Phoenix continues their uh, East Coast road trip. <laughs> OKC in Orlando at 6 o'clock. You got Indiana and Philadelphia. You got the Spurs and the Knicks. You got the Bucks and the Raptors at 6 That's going to be the first game that uh, uh, ESPN doubleheader. Okay. Uh, this, I guess, you know, this was flexed because of you know, the, the Brooklyn and Chicago. That's supposed to, that was supposed to have been, I guess, the ESPN uh, part of the ESPN doubleheader. But, you know, they flexed that out. So, that's a good decision by ESPN. <laughs> mm, well, well, that game will be at six o'clock. We'll talk about the uh, Bulls and Nets. 
Yep, to finish out the, tonight's schedule, we have Portland and Minnesota at 7 o'clock. These are all Central Standard Time starts. Uh, we'll have Houston at New Orleans without, without Zion, as we mentioned, at 7 o'clock. At 9 o'clock, we'll have Detroit at Golden State. At 9 p.m., part as ESPN doubleheader tonight, we'll have the Miami Heat visit in LA to take on the Lakers. And we'll have the Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks visiting surprising Sacramento Kings, who got a big win last night uh, at the buzzer with De'Aaron Fox being the Utah Jazz on the road. Yeah, that was a fun buzzer beater, too. Uh, you know, going to tomorrow's uh, games, uh, Thursday, you got uh, Memphis and Orlando. No, I'm not repeating myself. They're playing back-to-back. Don't ask me why. Uh, <laughs> no, I got, no, no, that's how people were saying I'm repeating myself. But no, no, that nope, they're actually playing back-to-back. Yeah, literally. Uh, and the first game, that uh, TNT doubleheader, the Thursday night doubleheader, is back, folks. Yay. Yep, no yeah. more NFL Thursday night. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I know they'll be happy. They're happy about that. Uh, a good one, Boston and uh, Dallas. You got Jason Tano and Taylor Brown against Luca. So that should be a fun one on TNT. At those, those are starting time, though, at 630. Yep. And rounding out the Thursday night schedule for tomorrow, Utah is at Houston at 7 o'clock. And the second game that TNT doubleheader features, the Los Angeles Clippers at the Denver Nuggets. And the, the Clippers need to get back together. They lost a yeah. heartbreaker one uh, on New Year's Eve at yes. Indiana. So yeah. that's your schedule for the NBA for tonight and tomorrow before we reconvene on Friday. Lots of great games coming up, but uh, let's do you know what? Let, let's take a break first because we want to. I want her, you know, on the you know, commercial free. So let, let's take a break. Okay. And we'll uh, we'll have our girl Rachel Ray Ray Hopcheck, the hockey lady her, herself. Uh, we'll yeah, talk. we'll get a chance to get out of a recovery penalty box. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, you know, I'm in the the recovery penalty box. I saw a little bit of that winter class. We'll get to winter class. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, it, was, it was very interesting to say the least. So we'll get to that in a second. Yes. Both, uh, both before and after a uh, puck drop. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, you know, what more can we say about him? And also mm-hmm. to the Blackhawks, mm, maybe not. But <laughs> 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 so we'll be talking hockey. All you hockey fans out there, you know, send us your questions, anyway, send us your comments right there on Sports of Chicago, both the YouTube and the Facebook page. It's all right there for you. We're going to be talking to our girl, Richard Cobb, check the hockey lady herself. We're after this. This is Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, 
No thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. <laughs> Welcome back to the special Wednesday edition of Second City Sports, our first show for the Jordan year. 2023, real live in the living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can get it at me via the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. You can find me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Kills again on the IG. We have less than 40 minutes left, left of this extravaganza we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. You have any questions or comments for us, especially for our next guest, you can always hit us up at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, Sid, you can check her out as a co-host of the first. She's a first lady of hockey. You know, I don't know if she has that. Uh, you know, she has she had that trademark. I don't know if she has that trademark, but she does but, now. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so yeah, she should. She should. But uh, yeah, she's one of our favorites. You know, we love talking hockey and more with her. She's a hockey lady, lady herself, Miss Rachel Ray Ray Kopchak. Hey, Rachel, Yay. how are you? Thank you. <laughs> that was a wonderful, wonderful introduction. And all I can think of right now is the fact that Sid looks like he's growing horns out of his head with his backdrop <laughs> with the bull. <laughs> and I wanted to know if that was intentional or not. <laughs> no, but since you brought that up, we talked about the Bulls before we brought you on, and uh, yours truly is pre pretty angry about the way the team is playing right now. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Well, then it's kidding. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. We love we love when we come on with us. Happy New Year too. How was your How was your holidays? Oh, it was so great. I really got to just relax and stay in pajamas and watch movies, holiday movies, and spend time with uh, my close family and really just kind of take a break from work. Everything slows down nicely for me uh, during the holidays, so I really get to take a real break and I can't complain. Wonderful food, wonderful gifts, company. We had fires. We have a beautiful Christmas tree, and it was just wonderful. Uh, one quick question before we get into her, Rachel. 
Do you consider Die Hard a Christmas movie? I don't. <laughs> it just happens no. to take place during the holiday, but you don't consider a Christmas movie? No. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No. Debate well, yeah. dead. Well, yeah, well, yeah. It, it happens on Christmas, ahead. right? But right. it doesn't have any of like the quintessential Christmas movie themes to, right. to me. There's mm -hmm. no Santa Claus, right? Right. Like there's no Santa, there's no mystery of, you know, will the couple fall in love or will <laughs> the little child save Christmas or will the little home alone boy beat the burglars? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. It's missing all of that. It's an action movie. I would not <laughs> qualify it as a Christmas movie. Plus it came out in like June or July. So like, you know, technically that's not really a Christmas movie. It came out like before um, Labor Day. So that's <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole different uh, thing. Now, uh, of course, you know, let's get into business here. But, uh, you know, what's impressed you so far this NHL season? We see so many like, you know, records being, records being broken. We've seen like Ovechkin, what he's done. And, you know, he did it against our Blackhawks, obviously. <laughs> he broke the, got to 800 goals. But yeah, well, what's, what's kind of caught your attention so far this hockey season i think the biggest headline and shock of the season thus far has been the new jersey devils i have talked about them so much more than i ever thought i would on the house of hockey podcast mm -hmm. they came out of the gate blazing it, incredible play out of nowhere i don't think anybody predicted them to be as good as they have been i'm not sure how steady they've been through the uh, holiday break but they have been like the biggest shock for the league. And then I think the other big headline would be obviously the Ovechkin stuff, which we can get into, but the, I would say the Bruins, the Boston uh -huh. Bruins, uh -huh. you know, they've got the best uh, record in the league right now and they are playing just incredible. They have that, what I call the it factor. Mm -hmm. I got to see our Chicago Blackhawks play the Boston Bruins, which we got really killed, but that's besides yeah. the point. But I got mm -hmm. to see them when they were they're on taking the road. for the number one pick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I yeah, I just we'll get to that as well. Okay, we'll get to that as well. Right, right. But I just um, am really impressed with the chemistry that the Bruins have, and you can really see it on the ice when you're in the arena, and you can see the players interacting with each other at the bench and in between the TV timeouts and intermission, and they just have something really special. I don't know if that's going to translate long-term health-wise for the Bruins in the postseason, but um, they're really exciting to watch, and it's really incredible to see what that team has done as well. Yeah, it's uh, amazing what, what Connor McDavid has done, you know, because David Parsnick, I mean, he could be probably right there for MVP, if, if not for like all the stuff that Connor McDavid's been doing. True, true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Connor about McDavid the... is Connor McDavid. Like, he's the leader of all the things, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Pretty much. What do we need to say about that? You know, he's just going to continue to keep putting up points and making incredible plays, you know? Yeah, you talk about the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I, I was joking with Lakina. I think uh, Lakina offline one day. I said, uh, "It takes me back to twenty years ago. Where's Ken Danica? Where's uh, Scott Stevens? Where's Marty Brodeur?" I said, like, "It's yes. been a long time since they had a, a, a dominating record like that." I know they made the Stanley Cup final um, now eleven years ago against the Kings, but uh, that team wasn't as dominant as those late nineties, early two thousands were. We'll see if they can keep that going. But I want to ask you. 
uh, even though we're Blackhawks fans. I want to ask you about the Detroit Dead Wings. Right now, they sit at uh, 16, <laughs> 12, and 7. Wings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, that, that, he's been yeah. saying that for years. <laughs> That's yeah, what some, I thought you said. Yeah. Just so keep sure I heard you. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know they're sitting four games over 500 right now. Some people believe that they can sneak into the playoffs this year. Do you think they're ready for prime time, or do you think they need another year? I think anything can happen with that team right now. They've got a lot of potential. I mean, they're sitting kind of right in the middle in the in the league in the rankings, you know, at 22. And well, that's I guess the bottom third. But uh, I mean, they've got potential here. They're they're doing pretty well. I think if they can produce more offensively in this second second half part of the season, they can have a chance, but I wouldn't put my money on it that they would make it to the playoffs. I, I want to talk about the Seattle Kraken for a second. We have the new one of the newer uh, franchise in the NHL. There's so much fun. That arena looks sick. I hope I hope I get a chance to go there and watch a game because that looks like so much <laughs> fun. I mean, you know, that, that arena looks incredible. But the Kraken, they've been coming up and down. You know, they're third in the Pacific Division right now. I feel like maybe they can kind of you know, get there, you know, kind of sneak into the playoffs, or at least be like one of the wild card spots. What do you think? I oh gosh, they've had an improvement to their season for sure. They made a lot of changes and have really shown that they are a much better team than we all thought they were last season, and the better than they played last season as well. You know, they've definitely got some potential to make it however i mean i wouldn't count out the any of the canadian teams in the pacific division just yet i i don't know do they make a wild card spot potentially do they go past the first round of the playoffs the kraken i would say no um the golden knights are playing incredible in that division right now mm -hmm. and i don't think a lot of people expected that either um as well as the kings being second in the pacific i also don't know that we thought they would be at that spot right now but again there's still quite a lot of hockey to be played we're not yet at the you know the mid mark of the season just yet and this is when things really get interesting because injuries start to happen we're seeing that both on the blackhawks the Blues, a bunch of the other teams, there's been some significant injuries that are going to affect the way the rankings play out. We're hanging out with our good friend, uh, Chicago's very own Ray Ray, Rachel Kotchak, the hockey lady, the first lady of hockey, co-host of the hockey, uh, House of Hockey podcast with our girl uh, Breezy right here on Second City Sports or Sports on Chicago City. Kit and Lakina hanging out here with you. Rachel, let's get to the winter class. Of course, you mentioned the Boston Bruins earlier. Uh, they come from behind to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 2-1. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, did you enjoy the broadcast from TNT from start to finish? Did you catch all their pregame show? Because we love them too, but I know you love them a little bit more. Uh, what did you think about mm -hmm. the game and the broadcast itself? You know I love the TNT broadcast team. Mm -hmm. Like, can't get enough of them. I wish they covered all of the games. <laughs> like, But that's obviously <laughs> impossible to do. But I love that broadcast team. And I thought the game was just incredible. There's just something so special about Fenway Park, regardless of whether you're a Boston fan or not, that it's not a barn, right? Wait, we're talking baseball. It's a... Mm -hmm. What's cathedral. For? Cathedral. <laughs> cathedral. Yes. Cathedral. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> like it's not a barn. It's not hockey, but it's hockey. See, it's also confusing because the teams, I don't know if you saw this when they came out, like, 
normally they wear suits, right, to walk mm -hmm. into the arena right. or the cathedral, if you will. And they all wore era-specific baseball uniforms, yes. both yep. Pittsburgh it, and the yeah. Bruins. Yeah, saw that. Yep. Man, was that, like, just beautiful. It was just... I don't know. It was just such a nice homage to Fenway, not necessarily the sport of baseball, but as well. I just thought it was so fitting for a city like Boston and for the Bruins to be hosting and having all of that happen with the Winter Classic there was just it was so picturesque and so perfect. The weather was beautiful. It was an incredible game. We almost had an e-bug put in the game for for the Penguins um, when Tr Tristan Jari went out of the game. Casey mm -hmm. DeSmith went in and was able to handle it. But they brought their own e-bug, yeah. e which mm -hmm. is an emergency backup goalie. Um, the Penguins did, which... Yep. Normally, you wouldn't travel with your emergency backup goalie, but for whatever reason, the Penguins brought uh, him along, and he was in the dugout, which is the correct term because he was actually <laughs> in a baseball dugout. Literally. Uh, but I thought it was – it's just so incredible. It was also a little strange, though, having the game on – January 2nd instead of January 1st, which it normally is. But because of the way that the holidays fell, I believe, and it being like technically the Monday is the official holiday, federally right. speaking or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was just a little confusing. I was like, wait a minute. It's Monday. And the NFL, oh. too. <laughs> the NFL too. Yeah, it was just very confusing to me. But other than that, I mean, it was incredible. I love watching all of the social media videos that the teams do with like, they have all of the families come out and skate and the kids come, get to come out and skate and have a day. And then they have a opportunity for hockey, social media influencers to come out and skate on the ice yeah. um, and make content. So the NHL does a really great job with that event. And they had free activities all around the city of Boston over the weekend, leading up to the game, just for fans to meet, you know, former players, retired players, and, you know, just enjoy. And, you gotta love it. It's I think it's one of the most fun events and just sort of unique because they do get like let the players wear different clothes right. into the arena. They mm. like don't they don't have to wear their suits. They can kind of go with the theme. We've seen all kinds of different themes yeah. in recent years from different teams um having fun with it. And I think that's needed and especially at that time of year. So I'm a huge fan and I thought it was a great game and two rivalries and and everything like that it's it's great yeah before yeah. i give it before i give it kick it back to lakina just a couple of things one shout out to bell bill devote aka the half of the r&b pop group new edition from the 80s they did the national anthem shout See, out a to them random See, a little bit random though but yeah, yeah they're from boston yeah. though so yes but i don't yeah. know people say oh it's random but yeah they're from boston yeah. too so yeah that that that, that yeah that kinda... shout out to them for, yeah shout out to them for doing the national anthem and i think they'll be coming to chicago sometime in march so people they're, yep. they're going back on on their tour so ch uh, check them out they did a great job on the national anthem but on the flip side, uh, Rachel, I was watching a couple of the, of the uh, old uh, Winter Classic games before uh, Monday's game. It, it just reminds me of the current state where the Blackhawks are in. We'll get into that later. But uh, they played in every outdoor arena uh, mm -hmm. uh, in the city of Chicago. And I'm sure we'll probably get it back in the next five or six years, hopefully when the team is good again. They must play on the south side in Comiskey Park. That's right. I said it. Not that corporate name. They better play in Comiskey Park when they get the game back because they played everywhere else. Yeah, I think it'll be a while before the Blackhawks get an outdoor game, mm -hmm. but <laughs> there's a lot happening in that organization, and I think it's going to be a little bit, but I agree with you 100%. 
it's time for uh, our White Sox to host to host our Blackhawks on the South Side and complete the the triad there. Well, yeah, I, th- I agree. I mean, I think you know it, it's only fitting, but yeah, I mean, they already did what I really so why would I not do it for the for uh, the that that I'm not going to tell that corporate co- they... name. Wait, did they do it at um, Soldier Field too? Yeah, that was yeah, in March of 2014 yeah. against the yeah. Penguins. Yeah. Yep. I thought mm-hmm. so. Okay, just just yeah. checking my, mm-hmm. my yeah, memory. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's like, yeah, the white yeah, yeah the they have a, the the white side haven't hosted one yet, so that's yeah. yeah. It's Comiskey. It'll always be Comiskey. Just like Crypto Arena is is always going to be Staples Center. They renamed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, Staples. exactly. It's Staples. Period. Yeah. The end. Yeah. I, We're not, not calling call it that. Exactly. Thanks. See, yeah, Rachel, there you go. <laughs> See, that's why we're friends. Uh, but yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it was a great, you know, showing. I saw a little bit of it and it was nice and warm too. It was actually above, yeah. <laughs> maybe a little bit too warm though. I was thought that maybe like, you know, folks are going to, the guys are going to kind of like slip out because it was a little bit above freezing, but uh, it was a great time by all. I, I think it rated pretty high too, even though it was up against, you know, some of the bowl games and such, but, yeah. uh, it, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was, a, it was a great production too. So, you know, I think it was really uh, cool. Now, probably one of the hottest teams in the league right now. I know they lost uh, a couple of nights ago. Was is the Carolina Hurricanes? What have they done? I mean, Rob Rob Brindamore. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I think he's kind of found. <laughs> I think he's kind of found his niche with. <laughs> his, Remember him as a player. We get no Lakina. <laughs> I know, right? Good lord. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit crazy how great that team is playing. He's kind of found like the niche with that team. So, and you know, can they keep it up? Oh, I think so. I think so. They've been in contention in the last couple seasons. They've played really well. I mean, the Devils are just one game back from them, which again is crazy that I'm even saying that, you know, like in, in their division at least. I mean, I don't think anybody thought that was going to happen. Uh, but the Hurricanes have something going on there as well. They've really got a great core group. They've sort of figured out how to play and play well as a team. And I think you know, Rod the Bod has something to do with it for mm-hmm. sure because they've only continued to play better each season, which I think is a testament to both of the players. I mean, they've lost a handful of people um, that were core to the group, but they've been able to fill those gaps. Uh, we talked about the New Jersey Devils uh, earlier being one of the surprise teams in the league this year. We talked about the Detroit Dead Wings uh, being right in the middle. Well, who are some of the disappointing teams so far this year? I have a couple, but I want to hear yours first. Well, I mean, I'm not disappointed in the Blackhawks because we knew that was what was going to happen to them this right. season. So, right. you know, I kind of can't really put them in there uh, in, that, in that category. What I would say is, as I look through sort of sort of the, the leagues and the rosters, I mean, I am very partial to my favorite coach in the league, Tortorella, who is uh. now in charge of the Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers. So, He's still screaming. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was say I think that was I, Tim just now. Yeah, they've been disappointing this year. The Flyers have. I, I, I'm surprised that they're they're not that good. This I can't. Yeah, they've. I mean, Torts would disagree with me and say that the team has actually been making improvements, at least on the ice and in their play and and that kind of thing. So I can see where he's saying that. Like, even though they might be losing and they're at the bottom of the league, if they're actually playing better hockey as a whole, you know, that's great. But you also like 
can go just off of the stats here, right? I mean, they don't have that many wins. They've got 14 wins right now. And, you know, we, I hoped it would be better, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as we thought. I mean, they've got a great group of, there's a ton of talent there, which is why I think Torts gets frustrated and why I'm sure Flyers fans are frustrated because that team has incredible roster. It's just getting them to, to mesh well. And I would also argue in the Metro division that maybe the Columbus Blue Jackets, yeah. given that they got a really star player in Johnny Hockey, Johnny Gaudreau, that yeah, like, oh, yeah, you. I think there was a lot of expectation that he was going to come in and just sort of pave the way and like make all this magic happen and they were going to play better and, and stuff like that. But they're, they're really not. And, and I don't know that that's the solution. I don't think that's ever the solution in the game of hockey is bringing in one guy who is getting paid a ton of money to, you know, solve a team or make the team better in any kind of way. And we're seeing that that's not what's happening in Columbus. I'll give you another team real quick. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't name them. The Florida Panthers. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. They were next okay. on my list. I'm a little shocked that they are so far down right now. Um, they were hanging in in the beginning of the season, and things have sort of taken a little dip and a turn at a whoopsie doodle, but we'll see <laughs> if they're going to be able to, to bring themselves back up. I mean, but also – Nobody thought that the Buffalo Sabres were all of a sudden going to be in the topic of conversation either. So that's the thing about hockey is like the beginning of the season is one thing. And then all of a sudden everything shifts dramatically and it swings and then it's going to swing again. So we're, we're in the second swing of the season where we're mm -hmm. shocked by certain teams and we're going to see really, I mean, it's a game of health and luck because they play 82 games, those guys play so hard. It takes so much endurance. Injuries happen. It depends on who's the healthiest, mm -hmm. who's got the it factor, who's got that team chemistry um, to make it to the to the Stanley Cup final. So, you know, we'll see how, like, are the Red Wings going to hold on to this? Are they going to stay where they're at? Or are the Panthers going to come back up into the ranks? You know, are the Sabres going to drop off? What's going to happen? Or if the Bruins have injuries or the Leafs or the Lightning, they could dip down as well. But I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would argue that they've got depth, which I think those, those, uh, I'm going to go to the Bruins and the Lightning have some depth, I would say more so mm -hmm. than the Leafs, but, and they have a little bit more chemistry, I would, agree, I would say than, than the Leafs do, but I'm a little biased, but uh, <laughs> I, you just don't know what's going to happen. Well, yeah, I mean, let's talk about the Sabres for a second. Uh, Tag Thompson had uh, another hat trick. It's his third of the season. You know, they, you know, for DeMar Hamlin, of course, they all wore number uh, three jerseys as they mm -hmm. were coming in, you know, last mm -hmm. night again, their game against the Capitals. Like Great said, game Kenneth, last night. It was, it was, you know, a thriller in, uh, in overtime. But uh, yeah, can they keep it up? I mean, it, it's sort of like, you know, they kind of came out of nowhere even before all this happened. But, you know, yeah. with the, of course, everybody, you know, everyone in sports were rallying, rallying around uh, DeMar Hamlet, of course. But yeah, we can the Sabres uh, keep up this sort of little momentum going as we get further and further into the season? I'm not too sure. I mean, we've seen, we've sort of seen this before, I would argue, in the Jack Eichel era of, of the Buffalo Sabres, where mm -hmm. they had this like miraculous spurt of, of wins and things were going great and they could do it. They could go all the way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a little uh, 
premature to start saying those kinds of things. I think Thompson's, is it Tig or Tage? Tage. I, I don't know. I've heard it. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I've heard it pronounced in different ways. I'm not really sure either. <laughs> yeah. I gotta, I gotta check up on that, but I think he's really found his groove too. And he's, he's hit his game and it's exciting to watch either way. He's an exciting player to watch. And especially because of his height, which isn't something we see a lot in hockey as well. Like it's, it's really fun to see what he can do. And it's great for Buffalo, you know, Buffalo fans finally deserve to have some W's and have some excitement happening in their building after recovering from the Jack Eichel, all of that. And, and, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot happening with the Sabres organization that's not necessarily related to the players on the ice. It's related more to the ownership and the amount of money being spent and how they choose to operate their team. So I feel for the Sabres fans. But I'm glad that they've got a little moment of joy because I sure have no joy as a Blackhawks fan is is what I can tell you right now. <laughs> we'll get to the, we're trying to push the Blackhawks down to later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're we'll halfway push them home to the end of the show <laughs> yeah good call mm -hmm. <laughs> we're halfway home with our homegirl miss ray ray rachel kasha the the hockey lady she's the calls to the house of hockey podcast with breezy she's hanging out with us right here on second city sports we're live in labor color with sports zone chicago our first show of 2023 the jordan year say look here hanging out here with you and speaking of hanging out rachel uh, a couple of months ago, you took a trip to upstate New York. I know you're coming to us live from parts unknown, but you took a trip to upstate New York and you were tracking down your hockey crush. Tell us more about that. I know Lakina oh. was excited. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So actually, <laughs> actually, I, I took a trip south to find my hockey crush, who's also on the wall behind me, Matt Barzal. Mm -hmm. It just so happened that a very good friend of mine was getting married in Tampa, uh, well, technically Clearwater Beach. And my hockey crush just so happened to be in town playing <laughs> the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it worked out because my friend, who is just the best, Sarah, she decided to get married on a Sunday instead of a Saturday. And I was able to go to the game and I made a sign. First of all, I have never in my life, even as a child, made a sign to hold up uh, against the glass asking for a puck or trying to say hello to a player. Like, oh. I never even did that when I was a kid going to White Sox games. I would just go down there and scream at the players and try to get them to sign my hat, which I did get a handful of those, which I don't remember who signed it, but that's besides the point. So I, <laughs> I made the sign with the help of um, my aunt. She helped me paint it and we printed out a picture of ours all and it said I would have given you more than eight years because <laughs> he got an eight-year contract extension with the New York Islanders. And what I can't yeah, tell you crazy. Is, <laughs> I mean, hey, there the island is a great place to play, and that fan base is incredible. So I I get it, but I think that um the sign was a hit. I'm pretty sure he saw it. Because he was glancing over and then I happened to be on the glass next to a fellow Matt Barzal fan. She was just as much of a fan as I was. She had her own sign and everything. She'd met him before, all kinds of stuff. And Barzal came over and didn't point to either of us and took 
the puck he had in his hand and he just threw it over the glass in between the two of us. And I was like, no, because this girl was like really diehard and she probably would have beat me up or been very upset with me if I had taken the puck. So I let her have the puck and we took a picture together and he probably, I'm pretty sure he saw the sign because he looked over and then he giggled and he looked away. Now, was I on TV? Who knows? Um, I didn't get to like watch a broadcast back or anything, but I doubt it because um, we were, you know, not at a home game. We were at an away game. So <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I made, did I make a sign for Chicago? No. When I went to the the Blackhawks Bruins game, I was going to make another sign to go down to the glass. It happened to be Kaner's birthday the day that I was there. And again, I got there early enough and I got next to another girl who had made a sign for Kane that said happy birthday. And she was really sweet because obviously because she's a Blackhawks fan. And um, <laughs> Kaner came over and actually like pointed at her and threw her a puck. And the girl was shaking. She was like shaking. She was had to have been like in her early 20s. She was shaking with like overjoyed excitement. I've never seen anything like that before. Um so that was pretty incredible. And then one of the other Blackhawks came over and was like they were making sure all the kids got a puck. Like Domi was walking, you know, walking, mm -hmm. skating and and you know going uh, you 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 know and that girl my friend was like she needs a puck. She needs a puck. I mean I'm in there in my cane. I'm like I need a book. I look crazy, you guys. I am an, I am a grown woman looking like a crazy person. And I'm like, I do, I do. The guy throws it over to me. I reach up. He tips my finger, goes back. I turn around to get the puck. An adult older than me picks the puck up and hands it to a Bruins fan. Oh, kid. Oh, dear. And I'm like, that's my puck. That's my puck. What are you doing? He point like that is for me. And he's like, Oh, sorry, it's, it's his birthday. And I was like, Oh my God. I almost fought an eight-year-old Bruins fan because some guy decided to meddle with my puck and gave it to this little kid. And first of all, that little kid shouldn't even want that puck because it was given to him by a Blackhawks player, not a Bruins player. First num rule number one. Two, the kid was absolutely terrified of me. And thank God my friend was with me. And he was like, Rachel, it's a little kid. It's okay. I'm like, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. One day I will get my puck and it will happen. And it will be a glorious moment that I get to tell you all here on this show. Uh, but it's become this running joke now on the podcast because so many of our our friends in the, in the hockey space and fans are all getting pucks and multiple pucks now. And I have, I have this many, I have zero. I have zero. <laughs> I have oh, zero. Lord. Oh, so, no, we, yeah, we, I hope we we're trying to make that happen, guys. but it's been a, a fun adventure either way. And I've met some interesting people. So. Uh, so I know that says the Chicago girl in you. We do not endorse violence on the show, but uh, no. if everything was equal, you would have punched that guy in the face. I know you, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad, you guys. I was so mad. And it was like, that's mine. Like, what are you? What are you? Who are you? You're, you don't even know this kid. And like, you're getting involved in something you're not supposed to be getting involved in. Stay out of it. 
the kid's on the wrong side, first of all. That's not his team. Where's that child's parents? Why aren't they advocating for the kid to get a puck from his? It was it was just all kinds of wrong is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, boy. And yeah, I was like, you're, you're, it'll, it'll come. You'll come. You'll get you'll get your pucks. You know, you're, you're, you know, it'll, it'll come. I, I, I promise you, Rachel. Uh, for the record, like, I did not harm any child or anything. Yes, no kids I were startled. I might have startled him when I yelled, that's my puck. But other than that, I didn't curse at the child and everything was fine. So cool. No, yeah, no children were harmed during the making of this uh of this uh of this game and then with puck throwing. So uh, <laughs> there you no. go. <laughs> so there you go. We're wrapping things up with the hockey lady herself, Rachel Ray Ray Coppa. Cop check here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Uh, we know, but we know, you know, we listen to your podcast. You know, you and your co-host, you know, your friend. They do, a, you do a great job. You know, we've been, you know, following for years. What other hockey, hockey podcasts, you know, should folks be listening to? Because I know, I think I know, I think I might know uh, one, and I think I've listened to it too. But I want to hear your thoughts. My go-to is Spit and Chicklets. It is yes. like the OG yes. of of hockey podcasts. Um, I, I laugh. They make me laugh yes. when they argue with each other, mm-hmm. when Biz and Wit start arguing yes. and it's his like Boston-ness <laughs> and like, I feel, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm like kindred spirits with Wit because like I have those moments too of like frustration, like you just heard, like about a kid getting a puck. Like, I just feel like there's a lot of, of points of view I have in common with, with Ryan Whitney. Um, So listening to him rant just makes me feel seen. I feel seen and heard with my opinions about certain things. (laughs) And uh, the way he does it is just, it's just so entertaining. And uh, I love what those guys do and and the way they do interviews and even how they handle some of the really tough stories and topics. There's been some big uh, headlines that have come out that they tackled. And I was really proud to see them tackle some of these stories that are challenging mm-hmm. and are not really something that they talk about often and to take on a little bit more of a serious issue and be able to address it in an appropriate way because they are just, you know, real, really funny and they do have opinions and they're serious as well. But like, you know, it's not ESPN and thank God, because, you know, that's not what I tuned in for when I listen to them. I want to hear their opinions, whether they're wrong or right and, and be entertained. So I listen to them and then I listen. I haven't listened to, but a lot of people love Missing Curfew, um, which is with uh, Scotty Upshaw and the other guy. I can't remember, but uh, his name off the top of my head. But that's another one worth listening to. They do some work with the NHL Network. They do a couple hits here and there um, with Jackie Redmond, and uh, they've also got a big following, a cult following, if you will, sort of like Spit and Chicklets. So. Those are the two. All right. Rachel, and mine, of course. Oh, of course. Of course. Support Rachel's uh, podcast, of course, first. Um, we're down, a, uh, writing down the home search with Rachel Kopchak right here on Second City Sports or Sports on Chicago. We're live in Living Color. Silly King here with you. Uh, okay, Rachel. We had to decompress a little bit, uh, get our emotions yeah. in check. Okay. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know they're not much to write home about this year. I know, I know. <laughs> Musa, Musa. Musa. Oh, okay. <laughs> March third is a critical day. That's the uh, NHL trade deadline. Of course, 
uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. One or both of them may be gone by then. Of course, like I said, it's nothing much to write home about in terms of action on the ice. I know you've you, uh, been catching some of their broadcasts this year. I know Chris Vosters is on the uh, TV side now. Troy Murray, of course, your guy, Patrick Sharp, your other hockey crush. Uh, talk to us mm-hmm. about your experiences watching Blackhawks hockey here and there so far this season. Listen, it's hard. I have a lot of empathy for teams who have been bad for a very long time. Um, we're not bad. Well, we were bad for a really long time, you know, bits and pieces in the back. You know, we've we've got a long history, so we've had right. this before. But in my lifetime, at least, um, it's hard. It's hard to yeah. go to a game knowing that they're probably going to lose. And like you, it's a mixture of emotions because you love them and you want them to do well. And mm-hmm. I love Kane and Taze and I, and I want to see the magic still that they have in, you know, in the Blackhawks jersey. And it's just hard. It's hard to watch your team and you want to try to be excited and you want to mm-hmm. be like, when they score, like, yes, okay, maybe we can do this. And then they just, like, take a hard right turn. And, you know, it doesn't turn out the way you wanted to. But, I mean, I'm happy with coaching. I just think there is other stuff happening. Like you referenced it at, the, at the, some point about how they're just trying to tank to get mm-hmm. the draft pick, mm-hmm. which I I – of course that theory crossed my mind because when you talk about Connor Bedard, who's supposed to be the number one pick and you look at what he's done right now in the world juniors, which is actually happening Mm -hmm. at this moment, there are games being played uh, while we record, which is a a huge tournament in hockey for prospects um, coming up for those who don't know. And so watching this guy play, he's broken records for team Canada. And Mm -hmm. like, so I, 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 understand but also i'll go back to my originals point which is you cannot have one player lead your team you do not win stanley cups with one star player in hockey that's not how it works you've got four lines all four lines need to be at their top peak performing um you have to have depth in this game to win a stanley cup and so I, I the Blackhawks. Would I be surprised <laughs> if they were tanking on purpose? No, I mean I don't really think that's fair to the players to say that they're like tanking. Like I don't really think any player ever goes out there with the intention of to like half-ass it. I think that's like insulting to the players to say that, like that they would purposely be doing that. Um, that's not in their DNA. And so if that's a matter of just like coaching, putting out different lines, mixing things up, you know, the Blackhawks at one point were trying all five forwards on the power play. Yes. Seth Jones was out. <laughs> you know, we yep. there's like, what are we doing? Are you know, so you could argue that they're trying to tank by doing that, but are they just trying different stuff? Are they trying to get more ice time to some of these other players who haven't had the experience, you know? It's what it is. Um, it is, though, exciting. I was trying to find some positives for you guys. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Seth Jones is back. So mm-hmm. that was good. He had a, had a goal last night in the game against the lightning, which was exciting. Um, two of our forwards, uh, McKenzie and Twistle and Ju- Jujuhar Kahar, Kaharia, Kahari, Kahara. Yeah. Close Kahara. enough. <laughs> Kahari, Kahari, I think it's Kahari, I think, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Something Either way, like the two the two of them who are um really important forwards for us are now on the IR. Um, so that's a little frustrating to hear, especially mm-hmm. <laughs> knowing that like the likelihood of Kane and Taze leaving is very high. Um, I will not speculate or entertain any of the theories on what's going to happen to them or where they're going to go. There's just so much chatter that it's like, I am just going to wait and see what happens at the the trade deadline. That's it. Like, I don't know. I don't want to speculate in by any means, because there are just so many different things that could happen and conversations that have been had and rumors that are out there and just fan speculation like myself. So I'm going to leave that alone. Unfortunately, you're not going to get an opinion on that from me, but (laughs) the positive thing I can say is that Kane and Taze got to play their 1000th game together this season, Mm -hmm. which I thought was just the coolest thing. Um, how cool is that? Like, what are the odds? Like, how lucky are we as Blackhawks fans to have had this Kane and Taze duo, Mm -hmm. this magic? Like, it it's really just something special, and not most teams get. And the and for them to be like in the league at the same age for the most part, and to be able to play for the Blackhawks and play so well, like it's so rare, and we're so lucky, and that's why it's like. I can't talk about what's going to happen because it just is heartbreaking. Um, and it's going to be a, a little bit of a rough couple of years, I think, as the team figures out what their identity is and who their stars are and who their leaders are. And, you know, we've got a great prospect pool. There are four Blackhawks prospects who are on both Team Canada and Team Sweden right now in the mm-hmm. World Juniors. Mm-hmm. And so that says a lot about the the future of of the Blackhawks with a good depth of prospects who are, you know, playing in the semifinals. I mean, that's, that's exciting to, to see. And, you know, that's a couple of years down the road though. And five years, 10 years, you know, where <laughs> those people are, you know, not everybody can be Connor Bedard. Not everybody's Kane or Taze or Matthews or Sidney Crosby who can come out of juniors and hit the ice and break records. So just have to keep that in perspective. Absolutely. What about your boy Patrick Sharp uh, in the broadcast? <laughs> yeah, year? how do you like him in the broadcast booth? You know I love him. He can do no wrong in my eyes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or that note. <laughs> he that. can do no wrong, but we'll leave the rumor mill off to the side. So, you know, we won't we won't talk about that. That's like the silent rule of hockey is like we don't talk about some of the things that happen off the ice in the league, and we leave it at that. But the other thing was Hosa's retirement. Did you guys yes. watch his, yes. his, his, number, yes. his number retirement yeah. ceremony? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Seeing those boys together again, um, what was it? Seebs, they had the hammer, Kane, yeah. Taze, Duncan Sharpie. Keith. Keith, Seebs. Yeah, that was it, right? Yeah, that was a, yeah. yeah, I think that was it. That was like the main core, yeah. Just seeing them all together again on the ice for Hosa. Hosa is funny. He was actually on Spit and Chicklets. That was a great interview. Um, yeah, Check it I out. love that yeah. episode. Yeah. 
incredible interviews, stuff I did not, I mean, Hosa's got a book out um, and he was talking about some of the stuff in there, but hearing more about Hosa's, uh, the skin issue he had at the end Mm -hmm. of his career, like being Mm -hmm. able to really hear more of like what that was all about from Hosa himself um, during that interview on Chicklets was really interesting to hear. And just to hear his story and his mission as a player of just wanting to learn from the greats of which is why he played in Detroit and then how lucky we were to have him and for him to win his cup with the Blackhawks was just like hearing that whole story and continuity from him was incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was yeah, just check out the episode, uh, folks. You know, it's been chicklets, yeah, with that episode with uh, with Hosa, because that's like one of my favorites so far, uh, you know, this season. Yeah, but uh, you know, is there any like you know, any kind of breakout stars? You know, for we saw you know PK Supons, you know, some analysts work for ESPN. Like, you know, what has there any been like? You know, what are your standouts? I mean, we know you love the TNT uh, guys, yeah, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, they're 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 terrific. But yeah, mm-hmm. any sort of like standouts for you this year? Well. It's been a little surprising to me to see Scotty Darling doing yeah, analysis. He's been very entertaining, been to, to say yeah. the least, this year. Yeah. I am a little undecided about how I feel about him. Like, he's <laughs> as, a, as an analyst. Like, I mean, as a player and, like, interviews I've heard him do, he's very entertaining. But I still think he's trying to find his voice as far as, like, his humor goes. And then also being able to do analysis and have it not be barstool-like and have it be more broadcast-like, but still add in that bit of edge and fun, which I think sometimes he misses the mark. But... I'm happy to see him there and I know they're all having fun him with and like seeing Kaylee Chelios, which is like, just Mm -hmm. so crazy. And like, if you follow her on social media, like she's with her dad all the time. And like grandpa is like, like Chris, that's Chris Chelios. You guys like he's watching her, like he's with her and her kids. And like, it's just sort of fun to see a hockey family like that. And then of course, um, Eddie Olchak and, his son, who is a broadcaster for the Kraken as well, um, he does some stuff. He's really talented. I mean, I know mm-hmm. his son did some stuff with the Blackhawks um, before they both left. Uh, he did some some coverage when his dad was out sick. He's very talented. And it, that is not just nepotism. That is, you know, he's got very good skill and very good at calling games, which is not an easy thing to do in my opinion. So it's been fun to, to check on some of those people and, and see what's going on there. All right. That's been our girl, Rachel Ray Ray Kotchek from the house of hockey podcast with her co-host breezy. Check, check the podcast out wherever you get your podcast and where can the lovely people follow you on the rest of social media? For all things hockey, you can follow me at the Hockey Lady. That's um, I think just look for it on most of the platforms. Okay. Um, Instagrams where I spend most of my time, and then if you want to see my like other non hockey life, you can follow me. Um, <laughs> the t- what's the other one? The Lady on TV. <laughs> you can see I'm still <laughs> rusty coming back from the break from the holiday, getting back in the swing of things. We recorded two episodes of the podcast and. I was like, oh, wow, just one week off and I'm like turned into holiday mush here. So, yep, <laughs> the lady on TV and the hockey lady. You can check me out there. All right, stay right there, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining us today. Great job as always. And, of course, we'll have you back on again, probably around playoff time as we mm-hmm. normally do. 
It's my pleasure. I love talking with you guys. You have so much fun. You ask great questions. You're very knowledgeable about the sport. Um, to cover all all five major sports, um, it's a lot. So it's a pleasure to come in here and chat with you guys. Well, look, I, right. I, well, look, I can go all the way back to you know, like Dennis Savard and them. So that's how far back I can go with with my hockey talk. I'm not, I'm not that old. I promise, uh, Rachel. But yeah, that's how far back <laughs> I, I know can you're go not. With, yeah. So yeah, so I can go, but you know, like when the Oilers were winning like consecutive cups. Well, not that far, but <laughs> yes, you know of that. You've heard you. That's like in the memory here, over here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Lakina closes out. You can follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and at Keita McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms. And please give War Media a follow at WAR Media on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. All right, for Rachel and for Lamakina, I'm Sid. You've been listening to a special edition of Second City Sports, the Wednesday edition, our first show of 2023. Uh, we're live in Living Color Sports on Chicago, and we'll be back on Friday. So two days from now, come right back here to Second City Sports. We're on, we're on every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on live in Living Color on Sports on Chicago. Oh yeah! Don't forget to, uh, to to follow us also on War on Inc. I mean, not not just not just War Media, but also too on Roku TV. You know, Roku just, TV. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, celebrate with Squawk and with the program. If you got a, a Roku TV a stick or a Roku TV app, just you know, you know, check you know, Sports of Chicago on the search engine box. Let me try to get that up here real quick. There we go. Yeah. So all your favorite, all your smart TV, you know, your Chromebook, your PC, your know, smartphone, your whatever device you got. You know, it's all right there. You know, you watch our show, Sean and Maya, The Smoke Fellas, and What's Up Cousins, so much more. I'm sure we're going to have more shows launching in uh, 2023. So for Sid and Rachel, I'm Lakina. This has been Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Love, peace, and hair grease. Holla! <laughs>